Yeah. It's the lightning rod for Friday, February 11th, 2022. The show that hates high altitudes. It is officially your unofficial home for Tampa Bay Lightning Chit Chat. I am Johnny Pipes coming to you from Miami, Florida. My partner across the virtual street from Palm Harbor, the Gan Man, our world famous booking agent. How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. I like that new theme song. I, or not new, but you know, I like it. Thanks. I wanted to switch things up a little bit, kind of like, uh, you know, a baseball player would change something up if for superstitious reasons, maybe. Maybe now the uh, the, the listen the listens will start pouring in. Well, we had what uh, twenty on the Bogo Norris one. We had quite a bit. Uh, we haven't really broken twenty. We haven't broken thirty yet. Bogo had twenty three because you know he's a big draw. Our debut had twenty nine. That's the winner so far, and everything else has kind of been middling, which is okay. It. It's okay. It's all good. But yeah, I was switching it up. You know, do a little uh, superstitious change, you know, like changing your jock strap in the middle of a game if you're losing, you know, something Thank along those lines. I, I mean, I would. I I was watching the game, our elimination game against the Capitals um, in what was it, 2016? 18. Was that 2018? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was after the, the Penguins had their double. So, yeah, we were, we were in um, that last game. And I was at my bar in Seattle watching it. And uh, at ha- at the second intermission, I was like, this shit isn't working. I had on my um, my blue Stammer jersey, the, the, the current home jersey, the, well, the Reebok one, not the Adidas one, with the laces. And I'm like, this isn't working. And I lived close enough to my apartment that I could run during the intermission report, and I changed – uh, jerseys to the, the old um, third jersey uh, and ran back. Now, it did not work in that situation, but I think the idea is sound. So, you I know, like it. we're going to try uh, it. A lot of, I don't know, I know a lot of NHL players are very superstitious. Like, there were guys that would change their socks after every period or wear the same pair of socks throughout the entire season. Uh, everybody's a little different, but is the NHL more superstitious than like baseball or basketball or football? I don't think they're well, definitely not more than baseball. Okay. Definitely not more than baseball because I mean, baseball's 100% tradition just about Mm. and, and superstition. I mean, those guys are nuts. Like they, they'll wear the same cap. Like that's why you see like pitchers out there and they've got these sweat rings all around their caps because they, they don't change it. Like they got it exactly the way that they want it and they can't change. I mean, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen the movie major league, right? No. What? I, right. I, I don't watch many movies. You have an assignment over the I weekend. I watched Moneyball for the first time like two weeks ago. Yeah. That's an okay baseball movie, but like you need to watch some major league, man, but you don't really like baseball that much. So, but anyways, no, the, but I'm open to it. Like the NBA don't talk to me about it, but I'm open to baseball. Well, if you want, if, if you want to love baseball and, and that's a good movie, the, the two movies that you should watch, if you really want to love baseball, major league is one and the Sandlot is the other. Okay. I've seen Sandlot. The so. Sandlot is the greatest baseball movie of all time, but this is a hockey podcast. So before we uh, get into the hockey, let's, talk about how you 
our listener can uh, talk to the show, you can call us and leave us a voicemail if you want, 727-416-0613, 727-416-0613. That'll be in the show notes. You can also email us if you want, thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one, thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. Or you can hit us up on the twits at lightningrodpod. Slide into our DMs. Uh, so we've been gone a little bit. We had a little delay. Uh, take some time off. I mean, the team took a break, so we took a break too. And um, if you heard my comments earlier about our, our booking agent, he never he never stops working. Uh, we almost had a guest this week, and it would have been uh, the one that put us over the top, Mr. Dave Randorf himself. But uh, alas, he is taking a break as well, or at least he you was. You saw my DM. <laughs> he, did you not see the response? No, he responded. He absolutely responded. That's why I said no our booking way. our booking agent never never stops, man. The Gan man is is the premier booking agent in the podcasting what did he say? world. Um oh, where is it? Uh, I don't yeah, It's I'm on looking. my it's on my look look it up. Basically he said he said uh you know, he appreciates the offer uh but since the team's taking a break, he's also taking a break, but he did say, however, that if we contacted him in the off season, he'd be more than happy to do it. Wow. I'm surprised you did not see it, actually. No. I, I've, like, I did not use Twitter in my free time, so it's quite the challenge doing this, you know, kind of, you know, for, for the podcast. So I, I, like, hardly ever check it. Like, I'll maybe post something every couple of days, but no, I, I didn't see that. That's actually really cool. So yeah, uh, as cool as it'd be to get him on as soon as possible, let's hope to uh, make it as long as possible until he can get on. Hope for another deep cup run. Yes, and... I tell you um, that we should probably um, crawl a little bit and maybe maybe get up and try to walk a little bit before we go and fly because getting him on would be basically flying. We should probably get a few more niche niche celebrities on before we start going for the big guns because I told yeah. old Dave Randorf, like, hey, buddy, you're on with 10 listeners. He'd be like, I could be watching Emily in Paris right now. <laughs> so that the that was the big news over the weekend was that we almost got Dave Randorf um, a spot on this amazing show. Uh, but with the uh, the team taking a break, the All Star break, I figured we'd start with the All Star break before we go to uh, last night's absolute heart attack of a game. What were your thoughts overall in the entire All Star weekend? Just as as a as a fan of hockey, what did you think about it? I think I'm finally becoming an adult. This was the first year out of my whole life watching hockey, watching all the All Star games, and I just wasn't into it. Every other year before this one, I just you know I always got pretty involved and interested in it, watch every second of it. And this year, it just kind of didn't 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 do it for me and not that it was bad or anything but i think i'm just getting old you know i'm not i'm not really the target audience for it it's kind of a kids thing now but well i can tell you off well that espn did it no favors whatsoever no they the production value of it was not great and the reason why i say that is because you couldn't hear Anything going, you could barely hear anything inside the arena. So you kind of want to get some crowd going. Now, granted, 
on the skills competition, there really wasn't much of a crowd, but you can pump that up a little bit. But you couldn't hear Bucci doing the announcing. Uh, Bucci Gras was he was doing one bit of announcing, but then you couldn't hear what they were saying in the arena, and they they didn't really reconcile that at all. So like you'd see the the PA guy or the you know, the MC down on the ice trying to interview somebody and you couldn't really hear him. And then Bucci Gross is talking over him. So that part of it was not really that great. But I think, I don't know, maybe it is we're getting old, possibly. But I, I enjoyed parts of it. Yeah, parts of it were fine. Other parts of it kind of made me, like, cringe. I... I it just, yeah, it just didn't feel like the same from, you know, years past. I know the St. Louis one, the, you know, one before this one, uh, didn't get great reception, but I don't know. I think the last time I was actually truly interested and involved in the All-Star game was when it was here in Tampa. Yeah. We had a big crowd at ours. Yeah, it was Gasparilla weekend. That's That was a huge crowd. There were no restrictions. Um, you know, COVID wasn't even a thing yet. So, you know, people were just having a blast. And, of course, everyone gets hammered in Gasparilla. That's why what uh, uh, Hedman and, and um, Eric Carlson came in dressed like pirates. Mm-hmm. One change that I wasn't really a fan of, um, I don't remember if it was this way last year. I don't think it was. But the – so the Tampa went two for three in, in, the, comp, in the skills competitions that it was in. Uh, the save streak – now it's a partner thing. So you yeah. re- you represent your division instead of being an individual thing. Because yeah, Vassy won it by himself once, I'm pretty sure, a couple no, of years ago. He, or did he no, come in second? I, he came in second. He, um, I think he started first, and he had the, the best record through it all. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury beating him out for the number one spot once again. Uh, talking about the Vezina last year, but... Um, he beat him in that competition. I think that was the one in Tampa, but regardless, I, that was the best format to do. This one, I wasn't a big fan of. Everybody was confused. I was watching a, uh, I was watching a stream along with the game, and they were all trying to figure out, like, wait, so are they going head to head? Are they partners? Like, what is going on? And then, you know, after you know they tallied up that final score, and, and just the way that they did it too, it was weird. Uh, Everybody was confused, but uh, you know what? We won the competition. I'll take it. That was the the first of the wins. Um, Vassy did win with uh, the partner Jack Campbell from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they did pretty well. I don't think that they were really trying that hard to score, and just no. like they had Cam Talbot from uh, Minnesota was uh, mic'd up, and they were interviewing him from uh, the press box, and um, he had said. You know, we don't want to do any, like, poke checks or anything because you don't want to hurt anybody mm-hmm. in an All-Star weekend. So understandable. Where they where... Uh, During that, uh, during uh, the save streak, Chris Kreider, he pulled off the Kucherov on Vazzy. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that trendsetter. Kuch is a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Speak- Apparently, he's not the first one to try that move. I don't know if you know uh, Pavel Barber. He's a big uh, hockey guy on Instagram, but... He, uh, he made a post a couple of months ago now of this uh, guy in the KHL who, uh, the Russian League, he did the Kucherov move or esque kind of move 
And apparently, yeah, Cooch was not the first person to, to patent it. There, there it was some other... I'm not even sure if he was Russian, but some other guy. But, you know, it's colloquially known as the Kucherov. It is colloquially known as... Gimme Cooch, gimme Cooch. <laughs> that, that was the save streak. So Atlantic Division won. Uh, Vassy, we could just say that Vassy won. Uh, Campbell did well. I think, I think uh, yeah, they, 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 I think they had nine in a row, I want to say, was the uh, winning number. I think so. It was nine, which when they were doing it individually, they had more than that. Either way, I think the the fun part of the entire skills competition were the out were the outdoor events, the two outdoor events, and I think the the person that made it was Jerry D. And uh, Jerry D. I had no idea who this person was, so I looked him up. He actually is the uh, host of Canadian Family Feud. Is I, that the guy that was uh, commentating it? Yeah, he him and Derek Englund. Uh, we're, we're doing the commentating and they had all the guys on, on mic'd up with them so they could talk to them because they filmed all those separately than, yeah. than the actual skills competition. So there wasn't any yeah, that was the day before. crowd or anything like that. But I got some fantastic clips from, uh, from their, their little banter back and forth. Oh God, all the guys seemed so pissed. <laughs> None of them wanted to be there because <laughs> it was yeah. it was cold. It was the desert, you know, in the middle of winter. It was cold. Yeah, did you hear uh, Stamkos? I did, as a matter of fact. It is. Oh, what are we going for here, Stammer? I'll go for the ten of diamonds. Ten of diamonds, top shelf. Down. Can I ask you a question there? Why would you go for that one when the other one has empty spaces? Yeah, I just don't want to be here all night. I've been in Florida for fourteen years. Okay, I'm freezing. All right, yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that was that was stammer during the uh, twenty twenty one and twenty two. Spoken like a true Floridian. Yeah, but none of the other guys were were Floridian, so I don't know what everybody else was feeling. But yeah, I would imagine, I would imagine he was pretty pretty cold. It gets cold in the desert. I have no experience with it, but regardless, he you know that, that I actually really enjoyed that competition. A lot of people have been saying that it's too easy this is the 21 and 22 the blackjack a lot of people were saying it was too easy and i'd have to agree everybody got 21 but you know at the end of it, it came down to the you know overtime tiebreaker between pavelski and stamkos but overall i really liked that event here, here we go stammer ready over there yeah i'm okay. ready ace is like a two it's not really but you That's lose what a the lot. dealer says at the table. You lose a time. lot. You lose a lot of money if you go over that approach. <laughs> Stammer not being able to play cards. <laughs> that was that was that was the the twenty one and twenty two. It was weird. Um, it was cool to see something different. I guess. It was um, cool with a Vegas touch. Yeah, it was. It was a little different. Um, some of the best clips I got came from the uh, came from the the Bellagio fountain. So uh, here's one we were speaking about the cold. All right, next up, Flyers captain Claude Giroux. Claude, how you feeling out there? Cold. Cold. Suck it up. <laughs> Suck it up. I remember that. We had him, and um, I really like this response from uh, Jordan Eberle when he was being asked about uh, being in a new place. What's it like for you? You're in a new city, new team. Tell us about it. It's new. <laughs> Hockey players are the best. Uh, Such robots. And uh, Claude Giroux got 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 flamed a little bit here. Claude Giroux. What's up? 
Yeah, Claude, is it, like, disappointing. You're out. How does that feel? I mean, it feels terrible. <laughs> well, he later on became the MVP of the All-Star game. Yeah, the Atlantic uh, division disappointed as always. They were just they tried they tried to make a game of it at the end, but it was too little too late. That's you know it, they weren't. It feels like they were playing a little harder in years past. Nobody was oh, really definitely. nobody was really playing that hard this year. Uh, it's like they forgot that they all get to split like a million bucks if they win. Yeah, but that's like chunk change no, to a lot of these guys. Nobody wants to get injured. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I didn't have any more. I think those were. Oh, wait, here's a. I got a couple more clips from the from the Bellagio fountain. Let's see. You practice that a lot. Look very effortless, Zach. Not too often. This is uh, first time I've obviously been in the Bellagio fountain. Shouldn't block so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think we knew that, but thank you. Yeah, Jerry D was great. Jerry D was great. So that was the uh, the Bellagio Fountain. What else did they do? So the what stole the show, I think, what the most people were talking about after the weekend was over was the breakaway competition, um, also known as like the, the hockey's version of the dunk contest. It was pretty nuts. There were some kind of cool things, and then there were some kind of weird things. Uh, the, Tre- the Trevor Zegers goal was insane. That was wild. And how he lost... I have no idea. Uh, I think the trope that they're going with is the house always wins for uh, Petrangelo, you know, Vegas boy. So oh. um, I, I think that's what they're going with. And also uh, John Hamm, uh, he was one of the judges, gave him a 19. Um, and, you know, he's got his he, – he's a St. Louis fan. And, of course, you know, he's one of Petrangelo's biggest fans while he was in St. Louis. So obviously he's going to give him a little bit of a bump. That guy is is – I, I only got to know him as, as Don Draper in Mad Men, but he is kind of a wacko. Is uh, he? Yeah, like outside of uh, just his personality when he's not acting, is, is he's just weird. He's a weird I don't know guy. enough about him, but he, he's a big hockey fan, so he's all right in my book. So that was uh, the winner did a little magic thing where they had a little kid come out dressed like him and score a goal and I did like that Menon Menon Riom got a couple of saves on the breakaway challenge mm-hmm. that was cool um the one that Zegris posterized was the other the other goalie not not Riom thankfully yeah so no that that goal was crazy just just the fact that he's blindfolded and a lot of people were saying like oh he could see through the blindfold and originally that was the intention, but apparently John Gibson, when he blindfolded him, he went around twice, and so he actually could not see and kind of changed up the plan and still managed to net it. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So that uh, they talked about that on, on Pardon the Interruption, and you know, if, you, you know if, you, if they talk about hockey at all in Pardon the Interruption, then you must have done something big because those guys don't give a damn about hockey. I think they kind of are like contractually obligated to talk about it a little bit now, <laughs> but yeah, like ESPN posted it. Wow. Yeah. That's a big deal. That was the all-star weekend. So um, the, Oh yeah, we did talk about the hardest shot. Our uh, Tampa Bay's own Victor Hedman now owns the uh, hardest shot in all of hockey. He did break the century barrier. So uh, he took up for where um, the last 
Bolt to, uh, I don't know if he, he didn't win it, but he got close with Stamkos a few years ago. Yeah. Or it might have been last year. I don't even remember. Did they they didn't well, have an all-star break last year. Did they? year. The last one was St. Louis before COVID. Stammer was in the last all-star game he was in. Um, he did do the hardest shot. And I think he broke the century mark, maybe. But Hedman just bombed it. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. So that was our 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 uh, second win. So you had the two, uh, Vassy and Hedman, and then Stammer came in second. Enough about the all-star game. Let's talk actual hockey because it did come back finally last night after waiting so long. Uh, the boys went to Colorado and um, got winded right away. It was, uh, you might say it was, it was an uncontrollable avalanche of shots from Colorado. They had 23 shots in the first period. That, that's more than certain games. Like that, that was crazy. They, they came out firing on all cylinders, and you know, it, part of it was because the, the lightning, they were just a little rusty, and you know, coming off of a 10-day break against the best team in the league or in the West, at least. I mean, obviously you're going to, you're going to be a little bit slower and and whatnot, but my God, they were flat for the first 10 minutes, flat. 47 shots on goal total for the game. Like Colorado shot 47. That is crazy. Like I haven't seen a, a 40 shot, Anybody get 40 shots in, like, ages? No. Well, um, I think two or three weeks ago, the Hurricanes, I think, yeah, I think it was the Hurricanes were playing Columbus, and they they peppered Columbus with, like, 60-something shots. Wow. And the, the goalie ended up letting in, like, six or seven goals and still had a save percentage of uh, 0.911. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Vassy, he let in three, and uh, his save percentage was, was 9.36. Wow. That's nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. Um, it started right away, too. I mean, uh, the first goal, Landeskog, two minutes and 43 seconds in. Two minutes and 43 seconds in, assists Miko Rantanen, Devin Tays. Um, you could just kind of tell right away that uh, they weren't really moving very well. Uh, it's, I mean, it's understandable, though, because, for one, you haven't played, and two, you got to go to Denver, which, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Denver before, and I know that they're highly trained athletes, but still, it takes an adjustment. Mm-hmm. They say it's one of the hardest buildings to play in. It is. I, I lived in Florida for basically my entire life up until... Uh, around 2005 and I moved to Colorado um, for about six months and I trained to like, I I was not exactly in the greatest shape in the world. I was still young, but I was a smoker and not, you know, not exactly a a marathon runner or anything like that. I moved there and it took me probably about three to four weeks to get fully acclimated to the thin air. So it takes that's that's not even playing hockey or running or anything like that. That's just yeah. that's just living. Yeah, I would walk off the airplane and suffocate. Yeah. It 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 does take some getting used to, so it's understandable that if you don't play hockey for a couple of weeks and then you go up there and you try and play a, a high speed game against 
basically the best team in the league, then, you know, you're going to suffer a little bit. And they did. They did. Uh, they gave up two within the first 10 minutes. Devin Tay's got the second one at six minutes uh, from Johnson and Kadri. And then finally they broke it up in a little bit with uh, a beautiful Kucherov goal at 10 minutes and 45 seconds from uh, from Braden Point. They had a little two-on-one. That was, no, it was Kucherov that scored it. Yeah, Kucherov scored from point. Oh, oh, from point. Okay. Yeah, it was a two-on-one, and it was gorgeous. It's a gorgeous goal. I, I leapt out of bed. I thought that goal was awesome, and that that was exactly what they needed to get those wheels rolling. And you know, fr- from then on, you know, it kind of gave everybody a little little bit of a boost. You know, they're still playing a little a little sloppy uh, throughout most, not most of the game, but they, they were still playing a little sloppy afterwards, but you could see that's what really got everybody kind of going. Like, oh, wait, you know, we can kind of score at will. So, um, but that, that top line, the Kucherov point, uh, Palat line, that was the, for the first, you know, for the first 30 minutes of the game, that was the only line I could really notice. They did look good. They did. Um, I did. I think that Colorado gave Belmar a little, um, video tribute oh, did during they? this game. I, I'm pretty sure they did. They mentioned it um, on the broadcast because he gave them a little bit of time. Yeah, he was there for two seasons. Mm-hmm. And he, he's such a likable guy. Yeah, absolutely. But it was nice for them to score before uh, before the end of the first period because it was looking like Colorado was absolutely going to run away with it. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, again, that, that, that first first period really – it was not that it was hard to watch, but you know you you can definitely give the guys some slack. Again, ten day break, hard building to play in, but it's understandable. But I wouldn't call it acceptable. Um, but again, you know, once they scored that goal, everybody got that little chip on their shoulder, and you know, car- carrying some of that momentum into the second period. And of you know, Valerie Nachushkin, he scored a, a goal. I think Vazzy would kind of like to have back, but yeah, that was what are you uh, do? 156 in the second period. So yeah. right off the bat, that was, uh, I can't even pronounce his name, Nachushkin. 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 Mm-hmm. Nachushkin is 13th and 1 minute 56 seconds in, so we were, they were up 3-1. to one. Uh, And then it became a dogfight the rest of the way. It took all the way until 15.54 when one of the most beautiful goals of the season occurred, which was a very long stretch pass from Serge. Uh, to a breaking point who then was in alone and um, just moved his hand so quickly and uh, scored to make it three to two. That was I a, loved that goal oh, so much. That was a highlight reel goal. Absolutely. Like the, it was a good defensive play from Sergachev. He stripped it from, or I don't know. I think he got fed it, but you know, he, he sees Braden point who has, miles of open ice and he's got that heads up play and he tries he tries to get that long uh stretch pass to him and he gets blocked by the uh, colorado player right in the skate takes a fortuitous bounce right back on a sergachev stick but that you know I, I know it seems like a split second from when he initially tried to pass it and then got it back it seems like a split second but that that is an eternity when you have one of the fastest skaters who is approaching the blue line with breakneck speed it, it's an eternity. So the ability of Braden Point to get that second pass attempt right at the blue line with two defenders now breathing on his neck 
and still manage to get the edge and dust them and then be able to stick handle and completely oh my god it, it, it was awesome a great effort from Braden Point I mean if that doesn't show his speed and his strength what will I mean he, he dusted those guys not dusted but they were hot on his tail and he still managed to get a couple foot gap on them and have the time and this is all from the blue line in so and have the time to not only forehand backhand but back to forehand as well which you know goalie bit on the backhand really bad you know that's what most guys would do forehand backhand shelf and the ability for him to just bring it back to his forehand and elevate it uh who was it kemper i mean he he was out of his jock on that one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kemper stood on his head for the vast majority of the game um we did hang up 38 shots on him um he saved 36 of them uh and that Braden point goal ended up being the last goal of the game but in that third period, that last three to four minutes or so when um, Vassy got pulled was ridiculously intense. And I think he got pulled at the three minute and 15 second mark around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they did not have the puck for the next two minutes and 34 seconds. That, they like, iced it twice. The pressure was all there. Colorado it, it was, was on their heels. Like they were totally on their heels and Kemper had to come up. Because they were firing on him like left and mm-hmm. right, left and yeah, right. Yeah, Stamp Stamkos had a good chance. Uh, Cooch had a couple good chances. Point had a good chance, and uh, just some, not some bad bounces, but you know, not not going the, the bolts way bounces. And Kemper did have to make a couple of good saves. It, it really was a chaotic end, and those are the games that I'm not I'm not too upset about losing. Like it was a. You know, with with that anemic first period, it was really nice to see the guys remember who they are and really put on the heat in that last, the last, really the last period, I, I would say was their most complete, even though they were blanked in the whole third period. That is, it is a possible Stanley Cup preview. Mm-hmm. It very well could be. Because Even Cooper said, he was like, man, I, I wouldn't mind seeing this team later on in the season. It, it's That's what you want. Like when you get two teams that are just incredibly good playing at the top of their game for the most part, you know, two periods of it at least, that's, that's what you want to see. Like you want to see that kind of action. Um, you want it to be that intense. And I'd like to come out on the other side of it. But, I, I mean, I can't remember when they came to – when they came to Tampa, did, did they, did we take it or did they take it? Cause they this, took it in a shootout. Okay, it was a shootout, so that doesn't even count. So really, in all actuality, we're we're about dead even. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what what more do you want? Like, I really hope we do get to play them. I'd I'd love to see them in the in the in the final, just because it Colorado's would be really been nice. they've been knocking on the door for so long. They're they're the lightning of five years ago. Mm-hmm. Because they're no, you're exactly right. They're knocking on the door, but they're not quite there yet. It's the playoff meltdowns. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, if there's any year for it, it's this year. But I do not see them regressing anytime soon. When you have guys like Kale McCarr, not even close to his prime yet. Nathan McKinnon, who he was out for that game, but I mean, he's still 
you know, still not in his prime. Same with Rantanen, Landeskog. I know he's a little bit older than the guys, but oh my God, that is, it's going to be the deepest team in the West. I know everybody talks about it. Everybody knows, but actually watching them play, it's, they are a complete team. A couple of news and notes last night. Eric Chernak did not play. So in his place, uh, the other Radish brothers. So for the first time, the Radish brothers were together uh, in, in the same game. Now, uh, Darren Radish did only play 10 minutes, but it's still kind of cool to have brothers in the same game. I think those are the first pair of brothers to play on the same team since the Sedin twins. No kidding. I think so. I could be wrong, but I, I cannot think of anybody else. I remember those guys. Oh, they were electric. My uh, good hockey friend in Seattle is a diehard Canucks fan, and um, he was all about some Sedins. I love the Sedins. You know, I, I don't have. You know, I'm in the middle with the Canucks. I don't hate them. Don't love them. But the Sedins, I give them all my respect. I, I miss them. They they were just highlight real machines. The the telepathy that they had with each other was insane. And they were the first brothers since the Hanson brothers from the Chiefs. <laughs> So coming up next, what else we got? Tonight, second night of a back-to-back and one of only a handful of games in the entire month of February. We have the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. Oh, we got to put a little uh, got to put a little bow on the Colorado game since we did come out on the losing end of it. Uh, we got to put it in this category. Um, probably just a fuck around game. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a tank, but you didn't win. So funny. We're going from playing the best team in the league to playing the worst team in the league. Yeah. Have they have has Phoenix gotten their arena situation ironed out yet? Oh no, you don't know what's going on with it? Uh the last I heard was that they were essentially not gonna have a place to play sometime soon. Oh man. So yeah, uh Gila River Arena, they're not renewing the lease. Uh, for the Coyotes, they don't want them in the building, which I get it. They were late on some of their lease payments or something, whatever, and, you know, it's just an anemic franchise. So they, um, right now what it's looking like, and they just got approval for it, like yesterday or the day before, is playing at the Arizona State University Arena, which seats 5,000 people where on average NHL arenas are 17 to like 19,000 5,000 seat arena and it's not that's not even the the capacity it's going to be they have to renovate the arena to meet NHL standards they have to build new locker rooms and they have to put boxes in and everything else so they have to remove a good chunk of seats and so what it's looking like is somewhere between three to 3,500 seats that will be available. So what you're saying is that they're going to be in Quebec city in a couple of years. Oh man. I don't know about that. As that whole argument, like uh, on relocation, like where do they go? Like everybody wants Quebec, but a lot of, you know, smarter hockey minds will say that, you know the 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 sponsorship money's not there. You know the 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 ticket revenue is there. The the fans are there, especially with a you know garbage Montreal team. They've got a market to to pander to, but a lot of people have been saying Hamilton, Ontario, recently, 
Um, and the biggest one that I know is Houston. But I know that Gary Bettman he does not want to he does not want to relocate. And I think I think that's a good idea uh, not to relocate. I know hockey can work in the desert, but when you have such a poorly run franchise, like nobody really wants to touch it. I mean, yeah, the the Coyotes is, is is they're an example of everything you don't want your franchise to be. Ever since they came from Winnipeg, it's been nothing but kind of an embarrassment to the league, which sucks because it's one of the biggest markets in the U.S. Um, there are actual passionate hockey fans there that do not deserve the the amount of shit that this team gets pulled through. So I know Gary wants to stay in Arizona. Well, isn't it that the the Phoenix Suns arena, that whoever owns them just doesn't even want to share that yeah, arena with Yeah, they said them? no. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. And that's sad. Because I don't it have is any, sad. I don't have anything against the Coyotes. I mean, they used to no. be the th- – who did they used to be? They used to be the Thrashers? The Jets. The Winnipeg. Jets. They were the the old Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's they right. came down in like 90, 90, 95 or something, somewhere in the mid-late 90s, I think. And they were just in the Western Conference Finals like – 2012. Yeah, so that was the year that the Kings beat them, mm-hmm. and then the Kings beat the Rangers after that, I think. No, they beat the Devils in 2012. Okay, and then they beat the 2014, Rangers. 2014, they beat the Rangers, yeah. That's right. That's right. Stupid Kings. Yeah, that was the last time they ever, last and only time that franchise has ever really done anything in the playoffs. The reason I remember this was because their goalie was former Tampa Bay goalie Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Who, is he playing, is he the backup in Calgary still, or? No. Man, where he have done? you been? <laughs> Dude, I, hey, come on, man. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm very in touch with the whole league. He's actually the when healthy, he is the starter in Edmonton. Like last season, he started the majority of the games, and he was actually pretty solid for being what thirty nine or forty. Like that's ancient in goalie years. Um, this season, he's I don't I don't think he's played more than ten games for the Oilers. Uh, he's had some injury troubles, and uh, but you know he, he was rather rather solid last year. So um, yeah, he's still around. Who's the uh, Oilers starter? For uh, for goalie, what? Oh, uh, what? Aside from Smith? Yeah, aside from you said Smith's only played like ten games for him, right? Oh, then it would be. Um, oh God, what? Uh, Miko Koskinen. Oh yeah, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, he's less than stellar. Edmonton's got so many issues that they've had years to address and have done nothing about. That's that's a team I don't really feel bad for. No. Uh, how long how long do they have McDavid locked up for? He signed uh he signed for 8 years at 12 and a half million dollars, I think. He's got the biggest contract. Um I think he signed that one 3 years ago, so probably 5 more years. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah, uh, him and Drysaddle, I mean they're the only two I'm not going to say the only two valuable pieces there, but it's McDavid and Drysaddle. It's a two-headed monster. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're going to get fed up because I don't know why people had them like projected to like make a deep playoff run this year. Like just because I get it, you've got two of the best players in the world 
And then what? Can you name anybody else on the Oilers? No, I'm actually looking at their roster right now to uh, see if I notice any names that stick out. Nugent Hopkins, that name sounds familiar. He was first overall in 2011. Oh, wow. Was he really? Yeah. To, to yeah. Uh, Edmonton? Yeah. He, um, he was not necessarily – I'm not going to call him a bust, but he, you know, he, it was kind of a weak draft class, uh, notoriously. And, um, yeah, he, he was never, like, a superstar. Um, but, you know, solid, solid third, third line, second line, you know. But, I don't know, he, he's more of a playmaker. But, um, I don't know, they like him. He's probably the, the third most notable player on the team. Maybe if you – maybe Darnell Nurse, he's kind of their number one defenseman. Uh, he just signed a big contract uh, during the off season. He's now signed for like $9.25 million, which that's an overpay. Now, here's a name that I haven't heard in quite a while. A member of the Oilers and has the greatest last name of uh, anybody in the league, Slater Cuckoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's played um, in a whopping 19 games this year. Yeah, I think they put him on waivers a couple weeks ago and nobody claimed him. That's a shame. Um, but, yeah. I, you could get I, him I back him here. Like, here. I mean, we've been missing defensemen on and off all year like you could bring him back for for nostalgia reasons i you throw I him throw I, him I, like I a, a pack of crackers and you know he's you know i'm sure that he would love to be on it on it like he'd probably elevate his game a little bit if he got to the lightning yeah i never had an issue with him i um you know the games he did play um yeah, he played he played a handful with us but um I don't know. I, I never thought he was like as bad as Schuster or or Freddie Clayson. I think he would be better than those two right now. But I'm not sure how much money he makes. But I, you know, if it's anything over league minimum, it's too much for the Lightning. So yeah. And let's see who else is on their team. Ah, we've found the reason why they are dropping off. Um, it's because <laughs> Evander Kane has some money on it. So Evander Kane, sir. Yeah, I think we've uh I think we've figured it out. Like a couple of uh a couple of hockey guys out here in Florida have figured out the Edmonton issue. It's not the coach. He he just signed there like a week ago. Uh he had a goal in his first game and I think I think the he's only played three games and he's a point per game. He's got three points. Um but that is not the move that you needed to do. You need I, they did definitely need some depth scoring from forwards, but the defense is also abhorrent. I mean, they have Duncan Keith. Yeah, that's and, uh, that's that's a, an old name. Yeah, like I know, not not so far removed. Uh, he he was a a Norris Trophy winner. He was a Conn Smythe winner. Um, but I mean, time has not done him well at all. He is. You know, I've got nothing against Keith. I, I don't like him. Obviously, I've got my personal lightning biases against him, but um, he he was not the answer. He was not the answer. He I think he's injured, but I don't know. Oilers fans will tell you that he is he's awful. He he he's he's a non-option pretty much. But he's they have him. They old. have to use him. He's he's thirty-eight years old. Like you know. Some people don't age well, really. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, like I watched a couple of Oilers games, and it, it's just <laughs> he does not look like an NHL caliber defenseman. I would guarantee you they have other options better than Duncan Keith, but he makes too much to 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 not play him. It just wouldn't make wouldn't make sense. I don't know the. Ken Hall and the GM, he's got a lot on his hands. They actually just fired their coach a couple days ago. Yes, what is his name? Owen Tippett? Uh, no, Owen Tippett is on the Panthers. Dave Tippett was. Oh, whatever. All these Tippets. Yeah. Tippets. There's too many uh, Tippets. And by that, I mean there's two. <laughs> but speaking of uh, coaches getting fired, the Canadians fired head coach Dominique Ducharme. Yep, 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 yep. And replaced him and with replaced a legend. Him. With the goat short king himself, Marty San Louis. That's uh, that's interesting, and uh, and I think they did not win his debut. No, no, but they did no, they show lost. a little bit of fight. Yeah, they got uh, Cole Caulfield got his second goal of the season, fellow short king. It's cool to see him behind the bench. It's a shame the way that it worked out in Tampa, but I think they did mend all the fences when they hung his his uh, his jersey number in the rafters. Oh yeah. So I think that kind of reset everything. Um and aren't don't they have uh another lightning legend in the mix there as well? Number four, Vincent LeCavalier is going to be the new uh, assistant general manager. That's crazy. So you're just taking all the alumni. And that's that's insane. And that's cool though. That's cool. It is cool. Um except like I, I don't really want them to succeed because if they succeed then that's at our cost yes so it's like hey kick ass but don't kick ass can you do that at the same time yeah i want those two to succeed but i will continue my my hatred from montreal i actually do not hate montreal at all but I don't know. I mean, they, they are the most storied franchise in hockey, not even NHL. You know, 24, 24 cups. You know, they've had all the legends pretty much. But, um, you know, obviously we've become rivals with Montreal even before this, this uh, the finals. Um, and I, again, I don't hate Montreal. I, I would love to see them improve. But right now you're in my division. You can kind of stay at the bottom. So they're so bad that you can't even see their numbers on this in the standings here. I'm looking at the ESPN standings page, and it's like they have the scroll bar at the bottom here. It like covers up their entire record. That's how they, bad they are. They are having the worst season of any non of yeah of any non expansion team. Um, so the original six teams. There it is. 20, they having, got 23 points. They got 23 yeah. points so far. So they're 8, 31, and 7. That's terrible. 8, um, 31, and 7. And, and I mean, Arizona's only got five more points than them. Arizona's 12, 31, and 4. They have 28 points. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I know Arizona is terrible. They're, they're a bad team, but they're bad on purpose. Montreal is bad on accident, which is the worst thing you can be is bad on accident. Yeah, Arizona, that's... they're they're tanking. They want that first overall pick this year. They want it next year, and that's their plan. Montreal, you know, they weren't going to be. Everybody knew they weren't going to be as good as they were, uh, you know, the year prior. But n- I'm not going to say nobody expected this. But this is a historically bad season. They, they are. Um, we somebody uh, was taking a, a a deep dive into Montreal season and. Um, 
their goals against, and it's not even like they're losing these games, like you know, three to two or you know, four to three, anything like that. They're losing these games seven to one, six nothing. Like they're getting blown out. They're goaltending. They've got like a twenty-two-year-old kid who, you know, he's only played you know so many NHL games. Um, what Caden Primo and uh, Samuel Montembeau. I mean, these guys. First of all, they're not ready. I know Montembeau is a little bit older, but they're not NHL caliber. And they have so many injuries in the lineup. They have so many pieces that, like Philip Deneau left in free agency. Weber's not coming back. Um, Carey Price may not come back. Um, and even if they did have Carey Price back at his absolute prime, it would still not fix this team. Um, They've lost it's eight kind of, in a row. It's, it's kind of a shame, but um, yeah, they're having a they're having the worst season um, of any team since the salary cap era as well. They have a minus eighty two goal differential. Mm-hmm. Minus eighty two. Arizona has minus seventy one. Yeah, they um, the current projections right now for. Uh, goals against is 370-something. Wow. And the uh, the record for most goals against since uh, the year 2000 is held by Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was like 04-something. And, you know, I mean, mid-2000s. And, yeah, so the, their... Um, not goal differential, but goals allowed was 350 over 82 games. And so, yeah, Montreal is going to beat it by 25 goals at this current rate. And I, I don't see things getting better anytime soon. I'm looking and at the they, West here, and uh, the the West is nuts. The There's not, there, there's not any parity between the first and the second seeds in the, in the West. So Colorado has got a 10-point... Uh, jump on Nashville, who's who's second in the Western Conference with 60 points. Colorado's got 70. Nashville's got 60. And then it gets really close from there going down. Everyone's either a point or, you know, not very far behind uh, the person in front of them. Uh, but Colorado is, like, way out in front. Meanwhile, you look at the east, and from one all the way down, like, it's nobody's separated by more than two points. Yeah, like... All the all the playoff matchups in the East are pretty much locked up. Everybody's just fighting for seeding at this point, unless like let's say Boston just absolutely falls apart and Detroit really catches steam. Maybe even Ottawa, but I it's unlikely to see that happen. Um, so yeah, everybody's pretty much fighting for just seeding at this point. In the West, it is pretty much any it's anybody's to to gain anybody's. So we got coming up tonight, Arizona. Hopefully that's a, a good uh, good game to go home on. Because there's not very many games in the month of February because right now we're supposed to be in the Olympic break and we're not. So they go home and then I think they got the Devils after that in a couple of days. And then after that is the Stadium Series game, which is coming up pretty soon, I believe. Is that the 29th, 28th? It's, it's, no, there's no 29th. Yeah, it's the uh, 37th of February. 
Let's take a look at our schedule coming up here while we got a few minutes left in our show. So we have Phoenix tonight. We have uh, New Jersey on Tuesday. And then they don't have a game for eight days. On uh, the 23rd, Edmonton comes to town. That is actually, we have uh, back-to-back TNT games, which is kind of cool. We? Yeah, so Wednesday the 23rd against Edmonton at 7.30, that's a, that's a TNT game. And then the, uh, the TNT is doing the stadium series game, and that's on Saturday the 26th, and that's going to be the Nashville game. And that's an evening game too. I didn't realize they were doing the stadium series at night. I thought that was going to be a day game. They usually have the stadium series games during the day. Well, it's in Nashville, so I know it's not, you know, I know it's a hell of a lot colder than it is here, but, you know, when the the problems they were facing at Lake Tahoe, they tried to do the game at, like, I, th- I think 12, uh, 12 their time, and the ice was getting too soft. It was melting, so... I think it's probably a better idea to do it at night or evening. Yeah, I think in Nashville right now it probably averages in like the maybe the forties. I would say maybe yeah, like the thirties or forties. Better idea to do it at night. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So that's that's literally it for the rest of February. You got four games in the entire rest of the month, and you got an eight day break between Jersey and Edmonton. So what are you going to do with your eight days? I have no idea. You know what? I just bought a boat. I'm going to use it. Oh, man, Mr. Boater. Mm-hmm. Mr. Boater. So I guess we got a little bit of time left here. Uh, the trade deadline is March 21st. Do you think anything is going to happen? Um, Given Breezebois' history over the last two years, I would have to think so. I just don't know what. Like, what are we... I don't know what we will give up. I know they're going to try to target a right-shot defenseman. Um, I, I think John Klingberg from the Stars would be cool, but, you know, they, they the Stars don't really know who they are right now. Um, I would think they would probably, probably be sellers at the deadline, um, but that's kind of far-fetched. He makes too much. Uh, there would have to be a lot of cap movement. And I know we're not going to be moving any of our major pieces. We're not going to be selling anything. Um, I'm not sure. Unless we can pull off a deal kind of like Savard last year where you get uh, one team to retain 25% of the salary and another team to retain the other 25%. So you're only paying half price. Um, You know, you kind of do have to give up a little bit more of a hefty sum. But I don't know. Like, who, who... you know, you could always trade, you know, draft picks. The Lightning don't really – I'm not going to say they don't need them, but, you know, they're going to be unimportant picks, hopefully late-round picks, uh, hopefully the 32nd pick. But I I have no idea. This one's kind of elusive. Uh, I can only really see us going for a right-shot D-man. Do you have anybody in mind? Uh, well, for right-shot D-man, I don't. But if you were to ask me who I would like to uh, trade for, um, there is a man out in Seattle uh, by the name of Yanni Gord that I definitely wouldn't mind seeing again. I don't. There's not really any room for him. But no. you know, let's get him out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he can. I know. He can he, take somebody's. Like he can take somebody's place. Yeah, it, it's a money thing. So. 
I don't know. We just don't have enough money to work with. Um, and we're gonna be we're gonna be a million short uh, for the next two years as well. Because uh, Pat Maroon, or actually not a million short. Uh, we're gonna be the same amount. But Pat Maroon, he resigned for two years, one million uh, average annual value for each year. Well, he is a guaranteed cup every year. So mm-hmm. what more do you really want? No, I, it, you know it's nice to see Pat Maroon finally find a home. You know, at the end of this deal, he would have been here for four years. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he's a he's a champion right now. Um, I'm gonna be happy to have him on the team for for the next two years. Well, he's got the he's got the coach. You know, he's got his he's got his coach. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, they're old buddies. So did you uh, did you catch uh, what Brad Marchand did a couple of days ago? I did. Um, again, that was. A big, big enough of a story for them to talk about on part of the interruption. So <laughs> that guy, uh, it's like he goes, he goes quiet for a little while, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe he's maturing," and then he just regresses right back to his old asshole self. Mm-hmm. This season, he made a strong case. Like I was saying a couple episodes ago, like you know, I want to hate this guy, but he's, you know, he's actually kind of a good guy. Then he goes and he goes and fucks it up. I mean. The the punch in the head, I get it. He's a goalie. He's wearing his mask, but like, dude, that is that's a cheap shot. I get it. You know these guys punch each other in the face consensually and even in scrums non consensually, but that is just a cheap shot for you know you don't don't touch the goalie. And then the uh, the the spearing through the mask that that was just cheap as well. So um, he ended up breaking a record though. He is now holds the the record for. Uh, the single most amount of suspensions from one player just beating Chris Pronger. So they gave him, they gave him what, um, six games for that? Six, six games. Yeah. Six games. That's none of what, none of them are against us, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. They just got their ass kicked last night against Carolina. So we don't play Boston again until Thursday, the 24th. They're making their, um, their Northwest trip in March. Looks like, yeah, they're doing uh, Calgary, Edmond, Vancouver, Seattle all in one swing with uh, Chicago starting that off. That's a really long road trip from March 6th all the way to March 16th. Oh, uh, God. After this break in, in February, they, they are on a tear after that. They're going to be playing a lot. And then that's a really long road trip. Chicago, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle all in one trip. Whew. Yeah, that's uh, in 10 days. That's insane. So, uh, well, uh, got any final thoughts here uh, from uh, from your standpoint there? Eh, I've just got one little interesting stat that I wrote down that's honestly not very surprising, but um, from the last five years, the Lightning have the best win percentage out of all 31, 32 teams um, at .702, just beating Boston, who is at uh, – just at the point six nine something. So yeah, last five years, Lightning are the best team. Hey, you loved you love to see it. Mm-hmm. Although it is a little unsurprising. You love to see it. It's nice to have some reliability for a while in Tampa sports. That's something yeah, that uh, has been sorely lacking in our region for quite some time. So it's 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 good to see. You, you love to Wait, see it. I do have one question for you though. It's sure. hypothetical. Who would you rather have on the Lightning right now? 
Brad Marchand or Tom Wilson? Tom Wilson. Thank you. Yeah, because, I mean, Marchand's good, but, you know, Tom Wilson, is a, he's a defender. He's not an agitator. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he, he retaliates. He doesn't stir stuff up. Like he, mm-hmm. he's a, he's just a really hard retaliator. Like Wilson would basically ascend. He would be just like having Cedric Paquette back again, only turned up a couple notches. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. He, he provides a presence that Marchand doesn't. Marchand is a, I mean, Marchand is objectively a better hockey player, um, a, a better offensive machine, but I think Wilson provides some sort of, not some sort of, but you know, intangibles that, that, the, that physical presence there and you know Marshan, you know he he he's a rat he likes to get under your skin in annoying ways and non-hockey ways tom wilson he is such a rare breed nowadays i know everybody hates him but i really love him i do well that was definitely something to remember from the all-star game was uh you know he wanted a reaction out of the crowd the only reaction the crowd gave at all was anytime tom wilson's name got mentioned he got yeah. he got booed to oblivion. Yeah, they they weren't even cheering for their own guys. They were just booing Tom. Yeah, it was like twenty people there, and they all booed Tom Wilson. <laughs> Every one of them. It was Did it was you, basically uh, like hearing uh, like anytime Roger Goodell would come out and read a and read a draft pick in the NFL draft is the same reaction. Do they boo him like Gary? Yeah, it's like a meme. They just they just <laughs> they just boo him. People um, are people are weird. During the uh, the bubble, uh, the bubble cup run, uh, after they won it, I think he said something. You know, he comes out and does his whole spiel, and he said something about, uh, you know, it gets a little lonely not hearing any boos. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird because there's nobody there. Yep. thought it would have been funny if they pumped in some fake boos. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a meme. We're, we're in a meme world now. Everything is, everything is memes. So got to be part of the, part of the meme culture. See uh, John Cooper. He was golfing with uh, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and I heard about that in the weird way, which was the whole um, Anson Carter on uh, TNT debacle. That's the only way, reason why I knew. What was that? Oh, uh, I'm not. We're we're not even going to talk about it on this show because um, I, I wish I wish I'd have gotten my um, my Homer Simpson. I'm not touching that with a ten foot clown pole uh, <laughs> clip. It's a subject that we we won't really talk about on uh, on this show because it's there's oh, is it's it the Blackhawks. It's no, it's not even that. It's it's just a minefield of a thing to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just go and and look up, you know, Anson Carter's thing and 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 what he what he said and and the whole little feud thing that happened there. But Wayne Gretzky was like trying to was trying to steer the conversation away from the subject they were talking about, and he mentioned that he was playing golf with John Cooper. So that's the only reason why I know it. That he did that. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Gretzky can I, learn a few I things. I mean, you, you, you always want to play with the best, you know? So Gretz, Gretzky just wanted to get some, get some pointers. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to make that joke. Yeah. Um, so if you want to call the show and leave us a voicemail, please do. We are standing by uh, waiting for your call at 727-416-0613. If you leave us a voicemail, uh, we'll play it on the show. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can. The Lightning Rod One at protonmail.com. That's the number one. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter as well at Lightning Rod Pod. For the Gan Man, Senor Gannon, 
I am Johnny Pipes, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side. We'll be back to our uh, regular time next week, you think? Well, Wednesday, next Wednesday? I will hope so. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, until then, enjoy your Valentine's Day. Peace.